Hey guys, it's Editor Joe. It's been a while. How are you? I'm doing great, except I'm irritated that I have to record this. Not that I don't mind talking to you, but the fact that we keep having these weird audio issues is frustrating, especially when we had all the major ones solved previously. Anyway, this episode has a lot of robot-y echoes from all of the players. I sound fine for whatever reason, um, but it's frustrating because, and I, I want to impress upon you that I've been actively trying to correct this since the last time it happened, and we had a few episodes that were fine. We had some, I mean, obviously their audio is never really great quality, but the point is before each recording session, I actually do sound checks with all of the players and then go back and listen to them to make sure it sounds fine and this week we didn't have any issues with that so I'm very baffled as to why the entire episode sounds like it was recorded by two of each player talking slightly after each other. Uh, it might be an issue with converting from the original file format that it's recorded in to an mp3 to an audacity file? I don't know. I'm gonna have to fiddle with that and see if there's a way we can cut out some of the intervening steps. Anyway, I'm here to let you know that we are aware of the issue. I've been trying to solve it even though it's very persistent and stubborn, and to apologize for the fact that once again everybody sounds like a robot. Um, so sorry about that. Uh, hopefully this episode which is a little odd in and of itself compared to other ones, uh, isn't too off-putting, and the audio quality doesn't put you off of it either. Uh, if possible, enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host and dungeon master for this D&D adventure. Joining me today, we have... Daniel Pantaflick. Hey, I'm Pantaflick. Zach. <laughs> Not play Fall Rock. Matt Pally and Leowen. Whoa, it's Waffle playing Tower Jucks. Who wants to give us a refresher on what happened last time? We you bullied Erky Bafflestone. That was two and weeks he ago. Cried. Yeah. Wait, shit, was it? Yeah, we put. Yeah. Oh, right. There was that session where nothing happened. That's not true. Uh, what are you talking about? Fall Rock unstole the Fall Rock stole the Phaseo Telestabilizer from us. Fucking goody two-shoes. Next time he asks for a point of power to go into the forge, I'm going to be like, hmm, sorry, we're fresh <laughs> out. If only we had a phase to tell a stabilizer to put in. We could go back to them and do it legit. We should. And take care of all of their phase to tell a stabilizer. <laughs> yes, we should be at the disposal service. But I, I still like that business opportunity. Also, we made pancakes. Yep. And I, I think that was it. <laughs> Uh, we decided to go shopping because we got paid. And we went to the patent office really briefly, and they were like, ah, great. Good oh, yeah, job. we didn't. We, we got told that we did a good job and then didn't get into more trouble in the council chambers. Which yeah. is an achievement in Amazingly. and of itself. Really, <laughs> no, I'm just, really proud of us. Just being able to fucking show Ellie Bell Horcus Porcus what's what has been, like, mission fucking accomplished. <laughs> we did cause the uh, the city to be on like a two God. degree. I just I keep tilt, picturing her like... with a Karen haircut, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> just a gnome with a Karen haircut. Yeah, oh and she's she's just on the HOA board. She's like, mm, yeah. I don't think that we should have humans and dwarves coming into our city. I think it's going to drop, you know, real estate values. <laughs> And we're just like, fuck off, Horkus Porkus. We're trying to do our goddamn jobs here. I hate her so much. 
<laughs> Still, yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's actually about it. It was. It, it, oh, Falrock did not bring the rust monster back from the junkyard, although they are friends now. That's true. But that's that's about it. What's the CR of a giant rust monster? Like three. What's the CR of an even larger rust monster? That's not how this works, Wombat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The CR of a large <laughs> rust monster is not one we can feed. Falrock, uh, hypothetically, if you had to be a kind of skyfish, what color would you be? I don't know. <laughs> well, think on that. Okay. <laughs> I'm so... Uncomfortable right now. I don't know why. I'm just like I was not prepared for that question. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit on the different side. Um, it will encompass roughly two weeks in game time as a sort of montage. Well, you guys first um, explain to the listeners what your shiny new powers for reaching level nine are. And how you come into these powers over the course of these two weeks, whether training, meditation, divine intervention, etc. Um, this also gives you an opportunity to do your shopping. And if there are any tasks around the city or little side things you want to do, we can go over those scenes as well. You need to add divine appeasement to that because I'm just <laughs> going to throw a fit. <laughs> All right, divine appeasement. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, everybody put on your montage music, uh, put on your, your headbands, your sweatbands, uh, get shirtless. We're, we're going to be jogging up and down the steps of the patent office. Uh, I have a tiger. Yeah, we're, we're going to be like, we're going to be punching mannequins in the basement of the tree ship. Um, it's, it's all very vaguely homoerotic, but in the most bro way possible. <laughs> We're sweating. We're having a good time. It's just, you know, boys being boys. Just, <laughs> just rocking it. Just getting ripped, you know? <laughs> We're all trying to compete with Fall Rock's sweet gains. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's actually going to be quite difficult. Um, Very. Because uh, for my level up, at level eight, I didn't really get much of anything other than key, but I did get uh, a feature instead of an ability score improvement. So I took the durable feat so yeah. that I get a plus one to my constitution, bringing me up to an 18. So I have lots more HP. Uh, and then whenever I use hit dice in order to heal, the minimum that I can roll on that hit die is two times my constitution score. So my mid-combat dodges that I'm using to heal, which I haven't used in a long time, but those dodges that I'm using to heal, I roll hit dice in order to heal. So now my minimum roll on that is 8. It's between 8 and 12 HP healing every time I use a dodge. So you literally, like, can't die. Well, I, and even if he does, I can bring him back. <laughs> that, that's kind of the plan. Um, like, you already are... Um, and then level nine, I got the improvement to my uh, my increased movement from a monk. So now I can actually walk on vertical surfaces or upside down or on water. So 
I, I am now Fall Rock the Wall Runner. And my idea for uh, gaining all of this constitution uh, is that Fall Rock went around to little bit guy fieri he went to like the deepest dives and got the spiciest food possible and just tanked it <laughs> if anyone's ever played persona 4 uh he conquered the mega beef bowl challenge like a boss yep so yeah uh, that that's what i got from uh leveling up next who else was trying to keep up with fall rocks wall running to get to the dives like, uh, I guess possibly me, because as part of my level up, uh, I did increase my ability score. So now I have a 20 in dexterity. So Ooh. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so I took that and I didn't really get much ability wise. I got land stride at level nine, which uh, just basically I don't take extra movement to move through any non-magical difficult terrain um an advantage on saving throws against plants so if uh if our uh fey friend ever decides to <laughs> you know send the plants after us yeah. yes I'm, I'm good there uh big thing i did though was take some new spells and uh switch out because locate object was literally never used or never useful um so i end up taking pass without trace which is going to be super helpful yeah with some of the stuff we have coming up so we're basically all gonna be in invisible uh it, everyone will get a plus 10 to dexterity on stealth checks um then i took flame arrows which is a pretty nifty uh level three spell and Hunter's Mark. So just took some new uh, new stuff to make my ranger more rangery. So Yeah, awesome. I'm excited. So I imagine with Hunter's Mark, I just kind of like would spend a, spend a little bit of time every day just like tracking a random gnome in Hopsinopolis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Night Creeper. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There are definitely over the over the course of these two weeks, um, you guys like a newspaper shows up at the door of Teliferous <laughs> every day somehow, um, and there are there over the course of the two weeks headlines start appearing about the Night Stalker who's just like a, an a elongated cryptid. shadow that watches from alleyways. <laughs> shitty tabloid newspaper that are like I kissed the night bees <laughs> Leyland canonically now a cryptid I had a, a child with a night stalker there was in two weeks yep yeah yeah because <laughs> the night stalker has been here or, or so they think it can't have right. just started showing up no 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 right. it's been there in the shadows all along yeah for some reason yeah. like all the tabloid newspapers are about everything except the magic tree ship that actually is here. <laughs> I like to think of tabloid right before we got here, uh, when they could like see us in the distance. Like they were like, flying trees, do they exist? 
is it a hallucination? And then we landed, and then they're like, no, 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 we can't run that. It's, we <laughs> Shit! <can't."> <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, they did, they did a little bit of market testing, and it's just like, nobody goes for flying trees. It's not sexy. No. Yeah. But the Night Stalker, Especially unquestionably for sexy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's so mysterious. Yeah. Gnomes so coming think... out of the woodwork, apparently it's been going on for years. Oh yeah, like sightings have just gone way, way up after the <laughs> publishing of the first Night Stalker Chronicles. Uh, there's a movie in the works, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I think for uh, Tarjuk's Heiko, these last two weeks have been a lot of like, just hanging out, watching ornithopters, uh, maybe running odd jobs for the uh, ornithopter corps or other, you know, gnomish uh, security organizations. More than anything, it's really just getting back into the groove of like, wow, it's nice to be around organized troops and the uh, the general hum of a well-oiled machine as people you send off these operations and this and that and uh just a lot of time spent standing dramatically on rooftops gazing into the void and uh i mean as far as gaining new magical power which definitely happens it happens like it always happens where he just uh wakes up one morning goes outside there is a cataclysmic outpouring of energy and then he feels better uh-huh with no work whatsoever put into it. <laughs> of, of course you've been chatting up uh, Humplebumple, right, as well? Oh, or yeah. Who's the, I, the, yeah, the I mean, yeah so, I mean, I've been talking, like, don't get me wrong. I'm talking to Pannona Humplebumple regularly. We're on first name terms. I call her Pannona sometimes. But I'm also, you know, more than amicable with, uh, Tippletoe Stalwick, and of course, Zafrab Waggletop. Um, I would say uh, Officer Knucklestamp and I, we still don't really see eye to eye on, uh, you know, policing methods, but there's a, there's a courtesy there, born of, you know, professional integrity. And through all of this, uh, and through spending some time in the cloud uh, watching, you know, famous elven presidential speeches and uh, a number of other factors that have gone into it. Um, one morning out of the blue, Tarajux gathers everyone together and gives a 10 minute inspirational anime speech. And you all gain 14 temporary hit points for the rest of that day. <laughs> Wait, oh, what? Okay. Oh, I did no. leadership. I did oh, leadership. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> Yeah, so I make everyone get together in the mornings now for group calisthenics and then a inspirational speech about how each of you are wonderful and amazing and together we can do anything and you are protected by the wind. Good. <laughs> Dear God. All right. Yeah. So you can do and that daily? I can do that whenever the fuck I want to. Oh. Nope. You just have to have uh, so, your time to make the speech, right? So it's a 10-minute speech. It's uh, six creatures in 30 feet of me, and those creatures affected can't be affected again until they do a short or long rest, but there's nothing in here that, that says I can't do it to a different group of six people. 
Nope. Mm, true. So, so I'm like, I'm inspiring everyone. I'm just going around. I'm giving speeches. I'm making people feel good. I am protecting them with the wind. I am growing closer to my true destiny as Storm Jesus. <laughs> so, so as I'm going around and, you know, stalking people, you're going around being fear like, not, I'm no. going to catch them. Yes. I will. <laughs> so I, I, I'm up there at a pedestal. Um, <laughs> the night stalker cannot make us hide in our homes. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. I will bring the night stalker to justice. We will do these things because we must. So you've you in your two weeks have achieved like Central Park evangelical sermonizer yeah. reputation <laughs> in Hopstonopolis. Yeah. I'm like a minor politician, except I'm not campaigning for anything. <laughs> I'm just out here because I like to know, talk. People know who Tarjux Heiko is. Yes. I think that's one of the best summations of Tarjux in general. Like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Memorable. Yeah. Uh, Desmond and Chad? Um... Yeah, so basically what Desmond does is he's incredibly butthurt that he didn't actually do anything in the fight against uh, the gnome guy. <laughs> so he goes and does, he just kind of falls back into old habits and starts uh, clowning around the Temple of Aquila, like just messing around with people. And uh -huh. they have like this giant fountain uh, from the Hopstonopolis kernels that's been put in for like... Uh, Commemoration of like the orphanage or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh like, no. A really nice water feature that goes from like ceiling to to ground and oh god, you know, people like donate stuff into it. And over a couple days, like Desmond figures out that uh, it comes from like a decanter of endless water, and that's how it. Um, mm -hmm. They've got it rigged up. Um. So after leveling up and commuting with Aquila, basically complaining that he doesn't have enough stuff already and he's not any good and he wanted to go make a speech because he's the ship captain but somebody beat him to it all this <laughs> other stuff because he was going to be the leader but decided <laughs> to go a different way um he activates commute call uh, the fifth level spell commune uh -huh. by accident and basically she just tells him to like like, come on, dude! You're, you're like a, a, hatchling blood person, and you can't even come up with anything. Get, but of course she likes him, so she goes, "Fine, I'll give you some extra cool stuff." Um, and I took the feat, um, like elemental adept, to where my water spells and cold spells will won't be susceptible to resistance, which is pretty cool. And at level nine or level eight, I can't remember which, uh, my cantrips, I can add my wisdom modifier to the damage now. So I get a nice um, damage boost. And on top of that, I'm going to nick the decanter of endless water and leave a nice um, large donation <laughs> in, the, in the... In the now dry fountain. In the now dry yeah. fountain. So I'm going to pay what it's worth, but I'm not actually going to go like do anything about it. Because yeah. breaking yeah. one decanter of endless water in Hopsinopolis wasn't, Hopsinopolis enough. wasn't yeah. enough. Nope. 
Uh, wasn't and after that, I'm going to go water. buy some uh, components for the new the new high tier spells I have, like Raise Dead and uh, Greater Restoration. Which those the Raise Dead will allow me to bring people back to life after they've been dead for ten days if they're willing, and of course Greater Restoration will allow me to get rid of some of the higher tier nasty stuff that we might run into later on. Indeed. Yeah, so you, like, it takes you almost a whole day to get the decanter out of the fountain. Yeah. <clears throat> you're like, you're in there with a crowbar, and every time uh, a priest... Or a sickly orphan. <laughs> or a, a clergyman comes near to be like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, there a, a convenient patch of ice forms, and they, like, slide away. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, after I get my decanter, I want to either make some rolls or, like, uh, see if I can sneak into Fall Rock's uh, room to fill it up with water and freeze it solid. <laughs> Absolutely. No, um, you should just leave... Um orbs the exact size of the uh phaseo stabilizer just frozen orbs of water in his bed every night <laughs> <laughs> after they, they were just so uncomfortable after all um yeah that's you can you can totally do that um you probably won't even really need to roll for it because fall rock is out He's practicing out his training, wall running right? so, yeah Oh, doing parkour and fingerless gloves. <laughs> and eating really, really good food. And fingerless shoes. Fingerless shoes! Thank you for that. Yeah. Drop in the fan art, please. <laughs> uh, Falrock, one night you come back to the tree ship and your room is, like, frozen solid. I don't know what I expected. Falra, don't let this dishearten you. Press on. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You really, can do anything. I'm not really like disheartened. I'm just, you know, surprised. That's I guess? the spirit, the fighting more, spirit. More so, it's like you don't really expect it, but you also do expect. Like you expect something. This, this is not something that I'm. I'm broken up over at all. I'm just. All right. When our okay. homes are full of ice, our hearts must be full of fire. Now, Varrock basically gets his Desmond bingo sheet out and, like, marks off a square. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Known only to Leyland, Farrock has multiple bingo sheets for every other person <laughs> in the party. In these times of strife, you must remain strong. He gets a free noodle bowl from, uh, from Ivy <laughs> and he fills one out. <laughs> But they reset every day. You can't you can't build them up. Like you have to get bingo all in one day. That still seems very <laughs> easy. <laughs> and it's totally you doable. probably have come pretty close. That's, that's totally doable. That's why there's that stipulation. Like if there wasn't, it'd be way too easy. <laughs> okay. Alright. Ched. So Ched at level eight. Um it's a couple cool things. Um well, one cool thing. And that is wild shape improvement. So now he can um, he can wild shape into creatures of challenge rating one, um, whereas before he was limited to half or less. And 
They can also be flying creatures if he really, really wants to. <laughs> He's finally um, figured out how to turn into a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the ability score improvement is going to go towards Constitution, giving him another nine points um, of health. Getting kind of beefy now. Feels pretty good. Um, and then at level nine, he gets access to fifth level spells, which are kind of strange in the Druid spellbook, um, but are equally powerful. Um, and as soon as he gains access to um that level of spells he casts um commune with nature and searches hopstonopolis's uh whatever you could call their wildlands if there are any for um prevalent animals they've got zoos um they've got zoos yeah oh my god that's so much i just cast a fifth level spell well, I find the zoos, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, um, you're going to get it back. You've got two whole weeks. And, and uh, take a gander um, at some of the animals that they have. Most of them. They've been, okay. They, these zoos have been in operation for eight centuries. They've got sizable collections. Oh, I want to okay. go to the zoo with Ched. You Any can go good with Ched. examples? Because he's not really looking for anything specific because he doesn't know a whole lot about animals that didn't exist in like mountains or in the plains that they've crossed so far you um, will so... be able to see just about any beast of cr1 or below cr1 or below anything above one? Oh, uh, that would like, we need to maybe go to something like... that he could consider Conjuring that he might not have known existed before. We need to get used to see some skyfish. Chad has no idea what a skyfish is, um, but he is oh. he is intrigued. Maybe I have you it on see, good authority um, that those go all the way up to CR nine. Maybe you could see uh, magnified what? pictures of sea bears. <laughs> so the only beasts in standard and like in the monster manual that are above cr1 are the elephant the giant ape the giant constrictor snake and the giant elk and the mammoth there are yeah the prehistoric ones but I'm there are sure other prehistoric ones, ones too. Oh, those yeah. not, okay which um, uh the gnomish zoos would not have so anything yeah. here let me let me just cut out the middleman here anything on this list is available to view at the hopsonopolis you... zoo Okay, because you sent me uh, an Excel doc a while ago that had some animals on them. And they do include the prehistoric ones, so I'll just ignore those. Yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. So, um, is updating his known number of, uh, of animals, I guess, over these couple weeks, becoming familiar with them, maybe... Um, making some friends while they're there in captivity. Uh, it becomes a little too heart-wrenching for Chet because he knows that they will never themselves be free. Um, and uh, maybe uh, approaches some zookeepers or um, anybody else oh, who wanna have a heist? Any caretakers <laughs> yeah. about how much some of these uh, beasts would cost to 
purchase. Um, and, uh, I just love the idea of like someone at like the Cincinnati Zoo walking up to a like someone cleaning the enclosure and like flashing a stack of hundreds and be like, "Hey, I want to buy the draft. How, how much for the lion? How much for Harambe?" <laughs> Uh, the old memes. Chad and Terajek's going to the zoo is not a good idea. Nope. <laughs> but they're going to end up sure. with a zoo on the Teliferous. I'm sure the, the zoo has like a really great, you know, couple miles of circuit or something like that that Farrock goes to run. So, so Chad's got access to a lot of... Wow, this now. zoo even has dwarves in it. <laughs> oh, hi guys. How's it going? As you see Farhawk just like <laughs> walking behind Parkour the waterfall. No, no, it's yeah. on your left. <laughs> <laughs> Never give up, Farhawk. Strive. <laughs> so, lots of new toys to play with for our intrepid adventurers. Uh, are there any things in particular you would like to do around the city or items in particular you'd like to inquire about with local vendors or merchants? Yeah, Desmond has this rumor that there's like a fortress that is something you can break <laughs> down into something smaller and then, you know, set it up as like a ancient point. Desmond, we don't have time to go to Ikea for one of their fortresses. More importantly, in the middle of a battle, we're not going to have time to find all those fiddly hex-head screwdrivers to set up the fortress and then collapse it back down. But it's true. But I can make so many Allen wrenches without it. So, um... Farrock wants to go to uh, the gem cutters and see what they would give him for not only the the previously appraised 3,000 worth of sapphires, but also the hold full of sapphires, given that uh, sapphires are used in creating uh, rings of resistance for force damage, and force damage was integral in us keeping the far realm from being a problem. Um, so I didn't know if that would like help make other I don't know, maybe he goes in Phaseo Telestabilizers or See, something. the thing is, Falrock doesn't know, but Tarajux knows, and Tarajux explains that if you want your families to be safe, you'll buy these sapphires. Uh, the gem cutter... It explains that stabilizing these portals, why it's not only the smart economic thing to do, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> the gem cutter you're talking to is probably in his late 180s, and he's like, I don't know about all that, Sonny. I just make rings and necklaces. Well, uh, we'll go talk to someone else then. Yeah, uh, I think, if you ask me, we should be talking to a certain uh, chief engineer, Fibblestib Lufalu, about this. I'd be yeah, happy to buy about a thousand gold worth of them off of you, but can't really make much use of all the other ones. Well, I'll go ahead and sell that that thousand then, because um, I do have a lot on me, anyways. So, pleasure doing yeah. business with you, Sonny Boy. You can trade some sapphires for diamonds, because huh. diamonds are what my spells are on right now. Well, ooh la la, Mister Fancy over here. 
can only cast his spells if he's got a 24 carat engagement ring. Well, it likes what she likes. <laughs> <laughs> you go into Desmond's room and he's got like busts with crowns on them that are just dazzling well, with diamonds. I've got one of those like really big gaudy chain gold gold chain necklaces and they're just like this giant diamond. Yeah. Is that why your wife divorced you? Because you were buying better, better stuff for Quilla and for her. <laughs> Damn. Damn. She got me. Uh, but yeah, we should talk to Lufalu. Yeah, we can come back and get, get diamonds later. Uh, so yeah, let's head to Lufalu and present him the same idea. Random note, though. Do you think we have enough uh, sapphires to buy, like, a small province somewhere? I, you I know, know... We talked so. about that. I think, um, talked about that. I think we could do it in Aldrax, but then we're next to Aldrax. That, like, that's sort of what it comes down to, is I think Aldrax is the only, like, short-sighted and greediest, like, human nation on the continent that would be willing to give up its territory because they have so much of it and it's so, like, loosely held. Mm. But I feel like the Edgelands, like we could try to buy one of the islands, like where the. Uh... Oh yeah, that's true. We could buy Arclay and then burn yeah. it down. God, no! Let's just let's never go back there. <laughs> just never go back there. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of quaint. Good times. Uh, but I mean, yeah. If we were gonna purchase property, it would have to be either the Edgelands or like the edge of Aldrax where it's like a crappy village which is like fine and that's those are viable but um we might make more use out of the money immediately there's no way yeah. you could get Falrock to sell sapphires to Aldrax what are they gonna do with them it's not like they have competent enough enchanters to make any like real protective fields flash forward <laughs> 75 episodes from now and the party's locked in force cages. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. turn to Falrock and I go, Mecha Falrock, why'd you sell them all those sapphires? And he goes, beep boop, I do not understand the meaning of love. And we're like, I know, I know, ever since, ever since Robot Amber broke your heart. All right. It's okay. Whoa. All right, okay. we're going to reel it back. You, we're, you, like, you deleted it? those files from your memory. <laughs> <laughs> we're in extra spoiler territory now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, we go to Lufal and present him the same idea about the, the sapphires. Because we have a hold full. We have, we have a dragon's worth, or most of a dragon's worth. Yeah. A dragon's hoard worth, he says. Ah. Uh, I'm not sure it'd be a dragon's hoard worth, because dragons can hoard a lot. Yeah, they can hoard more than their body mass. This is technically just a dragon's worth. Oh, we, we killed a dragon, by the way. Something we could make out of these We're sapphires. Flipped, okay. Because, <laughs> like, if they're technically dragon scales... Yeah, if you lay them out end-to-end, -end, they make a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really... It's like a five million piece puzzle. Entertain <laughs> your kids. And you, do, and you don't have all the pieces. Some pieces are missing because I just sold them. So yeah, I explained to uh, Fibblestib Lufalu that we have magic dragon sapphires that may be of use in protecting the city and stabilizing your uh, precarious portal generators. They come and, from the, the earth plane. And unfortunately, uh, we cannot part with them for free because we're currently in a, uh, you know, a budget shortfall aboard Teliferous. But 
Um, we're in a tree recession. Yeah, yeah we're in a tree recession, <laughs> and due to that, we're currently liquidating onboard assets, and he can buy these uh, dragon sapphires for a fraction of what they would go for in any you know seller's market. <laughs> he taps his nose and he's like, "You might be onto something there. If you can, you spare." one sapphire for testing so that we can make sure they're actually useful to us? <laughs> I, I, I place down whoa. two sapphires <laughs> and I say Fibblestib, we will spare two sapphires because I know there's a 5% chance that one of these is going to be destroyed. <laughs> now you're thinking like a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, in the, I've been in the cloud a lot recently. I'm starting to, uh, I'm starting to jive with it. Uh, actually, you have been barred from entering the cloud oh really yeah yeah we but probably I, messed but i need it, to like, steal some of that for a spell component um <laughs> they when you when you try to enter a cloud storage uh facility one of the hairless gnomes uh blocks your way and says i'm sorry we can't afford hatchling contamination within the cloud <gasps> who spilled the fucking beans yeah, you how were standing spill the beans? directly next. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not. They don't say hatchling. They say far realm contamination. Oh, okay. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. makes more yeah. sense. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's fair. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> On that note, though, while maybe while we're waiting the day for the sapphire uh, results to come back, I would like to see what the gnomes have in their history about the the hatchling. And if they have any information we wouldn't have about yeah, hatchling. Yeah, might as well request that. Uh, yeah, so you you put in a request with one of the gnomish cloud attendants, and uh, they go in, they come out a bit later, and begin explaining um, that the gnomes didn't have a whole lot of focus on what the hatchling was doing, um, or taking time to study it very much at the at that point in time. When they received news that the hatching was coming, all of their efforts were put towards taking the original cities of Hop and Stano and sort of combining them into one large... Flipping one upside down and putting it on the bottom of the other one. <laughs> And then lifting the entire thing up into the air and forming a sustainable source of power to keep it there for the foreseeable future and unforeseeable future. So they were aware that the hatching was happened and they contributed magic users, etc. to the spell that would eventually produce the anchor. But most of their efforts were diverted towards creating the city of Hopsinopolis and safeguarding it from the ravages of the hatching itself. So here's my question. Is the city on top Hops or Thanos? Neither. Like, like the, which one which one got put on top? Neither. Are like the cities are no longer distinct. Well originally. They got mished. Yeah. There wasn't any distinction at the time of liftoff. I was just thinking which like patent office is on top. One of them like they would have had to decide which city gets flipped upside down and everyone has to like relocate all their furniture to their ceiling and I have to assume <laughs> they flip the coin. There uh there isn't any you don't get any information about that because you didn't ask about the history of Hopsonopolis. Yeah, I just that's fair. <clears throat> that's um, my headcanon now. 
but there was uh, they did do some research after the fact and stopped after a while because they found hatchling materials to warp time and space around them uh, and induce Whoa. terrible mutations in people that were exposed to the materials and were like, we're trying to maintain a relatively closed system and we don't want to introduce these, you know, uh, perturbations that could possibly dislodge the entire city from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Little do you know, they don't want that. Hello, Hostinopolis! <laughs> foreign applesauce coming in here <laughs> they don't want that long distance habanero pepper <laughs> um after a f so like a week after you give lufalu the sapphires uh a gnomish runner uh shows up with a message that was like um we would be happy to purchase your sapphires please bring them to this loading dock and or a loading island and we would be happy to negotiate uh, a price Ooh! all right i'm going to tag along to these negotiations because i would like to imply that we have other interested buyers so <laughs> yeah i think this is yes. something we all would go to yeah this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's like i want to be like, I want to be the one who's starting to get cold feet about the deal because I'm like, I don't know, Fall Rock, you know, we, we promised a lot of these sapphires to our very wealthy contacts back on the continent. I'm not sure we can, uh, you know, part with the load here unless they pay, uh, you know, a premium price. We did haul them all the way out of here. So you want a delivery fee? <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, that will require Terajux a deception check. I'm good at those. But yeah, I, I am essentially trying to deceive them into believing that our gems are in higher demand than they actually are. Because it's, it's <laughs> right now the demand is zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one knows we have them. <laughs> oh my god, that's a nat 20. Uh, that is oh. a total of 20... Nine on deception. Holy wow. shit! <laughs> <laughs> I like. Sweating. I can I can name drop like the the CEO of the Sapphire Corporation that is interested in buying this ship you know, and their you know, entire fire. managerial structure. The, the Mario Juxian... really loves Sapphires. Yeah. <laughs> The and Juxian it's like boy jewelers guild and... you know it, i mean we're like we're talking about the kind of people who trade not only in sapphire but in the blood of human life and it's like if we you know if we fall through on this deal for them there's going to be hell to pay for us not just in the loss of professional contracts so uh, you know this this better be a hell of a deal here <laughs> <laughs> lufalu is there with a gnome who's wearing um it's a uniform reminiscent of the power armor that you saw the militia wearing Ooh. but without any of the actual armor it's like somebody made a cloth version of it oh, uh, like a power loader no it's no no, no. It's, it's, it's ceremonial yeah not actually yeah it's style or they're um paraplegic no, no, no. There's no metal involved in yeah. the cloth. It's just yeah, it just has the same... It looks like power suit. I'm but... so confused. I mean, it's, it, it's Zero Suit Samus. 
No. It's okay. So no. imagine you've got the bulky armor with like a, a power gem in the chest piece and um it's got lines running down the sides. Imagine somebody made a t-shirt of that. <laughs> but it's yeah. a military yeah. uniform. Okay. So okay, it's like right. military but also cosplay? Yeah, exactly. I'm so confused. Sure. Gnome style, man. Yeah, I, gnomes know how to party. That's true. <laughs> the, the gnomes knows. Um, and so Lufalu and this uh, military-minded individual are looking at your sapphire horn. LARPer. <laughs> and uh, the, the military gnome is like, well, we have a fairly limited budget. Um, military expenditure is obviously not the city council's favorite thing to be diverting funds to. Uh, but with the help of engineering, I believe we could likely offer you perhaps 25,000 gold pieces for, for the lot of them. What? Uh, mm, I don't know. Seems like a You're talking about a pretty pricey commodity here. I'm not Far sure. That... doing the math in his head. <laughs> and, and Tartix is trying not to explode on the spot thinking about how much money that is. But he's like, that's two and a half mobile fortresses, guys. I don't know. Yeah, I imagine Desmond is like visibly excited by this. For 30. I don't know, Fibble Stib. Like, I, I just dry up completely. <laughs> a faint powder wafts off of Desmond. <laughs> Fibblestiv, what you gotta understand here is that these sapphires were obtained at great risk to life and limb. At irreparable damage was done to the sacred skyship Teliferous to secure this hall. That's a, that's another deception check. <laughs> I was about to say. Okay, I mean, the, is it the irreparable damage? Irreparable damage was done Before... to our skyship in obtaining these sapphires. Uh, irreparable that damage is, is damage true. Cannot be repaired, which you have been doing for the last month. Oh, oh, yeah, irreparable. Okay. I should have said catastrophic. You're right. Uh, yeah. That is still a 27 on deception. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, they they buy that. <laughs> um. Thirty thousand. Asked for thirty thousand. <laughs> it's a thousand more for each of us. I mean, uh, like, between the retooling of the vascular system on the upper limbs of the tree and the personnel losses, and I'm, like, I'm counting off on my fingers here. Um, speak for yourself. I'm, I'm only mostly good. I, I, I'm gonna say this falls under chaotic good. Yeah, you're what? just holding... It's the military budget. I don't feel bad... Yeah, but they're gnomes. They're not a. They're not a militant people. You're just yeah. holding the safety and well-being of the gnomish people hostage for five thousand gold pieces. For ten thousand gold pieces, thank you very much. <laughs> I, I do. I explained that you know the itemized costs of repairing Teliferous and covering our expenditures Ugh. and everything. Thirty-five would really be. Like, is there any possibility? Bare minimum, or we walk. <laughs> Look, we're the ones that are offering this to them. 
which they clearly need. They obviously lowballed us. They, they, t <laughs> what? Look, all right, Ched, um, I get, I made sure to give Ched a rundown of how negotiation works before we got here, because I know he's only like five and he's probably never had to haggle before. But it's like, Ched, you never start as high as what you'll it's do. It's for something <laughs> they didn't, they weren't even looking to buy. Yeah, that's how all, that's like how merchants work. You, you go up and you're like, hey, you friend on the street, would you like to buy a rug with a, uh, with a tiger on it that's also shooting flames at the sun? And they're like, wow, I never knew I needed that before, but now I need it. And then they lowball, you highball, and you meet in the middle. How do you know they're lowballing? You, you didn't you didn't roll to see, like to try and guess what he meant with that offer. I know they're lowballing. I'd, I'd like to roll so that I can get, like a prop. What we should be expecting out of it. <laughs> yeah, this. Falrock's my appraiser, and he's gonna give me a hand sign like, whether or not Falrock's we're getting been doing, off. Been doing the mental math this whole conversation of <laughs> yeah. like, how much is this actually worth? So what do I what do I need to roll? Um, go ahead and make an insight check but roll it with intelligence instead of wisdom that's that's okay. not even he can't even lowball us that's what we do we're the sellers <laughs> chad you can always lowball someone in the uh, that's a 16. <laughs> you'd guess that the horde of sapphires you have in your hold because of how they're shaped and like for traditional jewelry um and the work that would be needed to need to be done to get them presentable, uh, you would probably be able to sell these for about twenty-five thousand gold pieces. But for the use of portal generators, the fact that they are magic AF—you have no idea how that would influence the cost because you have never encountered yeah. a situation where you're trying to sell sapphires for portal generator protection. Yeah, but Tarjux knows how to deceive on their effectiveness. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you really want a lowball. Say, yeah, we will offer this for twenty-five thousand, and then when you're closing, say, oh, actually, my manager who owns the vampires <laughs> says that we can't really sell them at that price. It's actually gonna have to be for thirty, and then they're like, oh, you know, that's that's a little more than we had talked about, but yeah, still want to buy them, you know. Management, am I right? <laughs> oh yeah, uh, my you know my hands corporate. are in a bind here. <laughs> So, I mean, like, my, my maneuvering with this uh, ordeal is to try to overshoot a little bit, and then they're like, oh, no, that's absurd. We can't pay 35000 We can only pay thirty, And they're like, boom, done. Yeah, well, yeah, that's we'll see. generally how haggling. Yeah. yeah. Falrock's just taking a very neutral stance on this. He's letting Tarajux talk until, tell, tell him until five, he needs to. 5000 5, for the finder's fee, the, you know... Slaying of the dragon feet and the Era Cochran funeral rites. Don't bring Cochran to this. and the the military gnome hold up their hands. They're like, none of that is particularly germane to this conversation. We have a budget that we can spend, and we are like as much as. I would like to take these sapphires and turn them into great works of engineering. Oh, no. I doing the opposite. I like I can I can throw in some of my personal funds and maybe bump it up to twenty seven thousand, but I we no. legitimately do not have the cash to give you 
Sell, sell, sell. Fiddlestave, you're killing me here, but I like you a lot as a person, so we're gonna go through with it. We'll take your personal money. Nobody no! 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 Falrock! Yeah, Leyland's not, not that kind of guy, so... Nah, that's fine. <laughs> Alright. When when we're short that last health potion in that yeah. last battle <laughs> that in last the 50 last, health last oil can for Re for Mecha Falrock. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, sorry Falrock, we're in a budget shortfall again. We're gonna have to deactivate you. <laughs> and then and then it'll just be like people, Wait, hang on. I thought, I thought Mecha Falrock was fusion powered. What? When, yeah, when do I need easy up stabilizers? Nope. Nope, we're backing off here. <laughs> All right. Twenty-seven thousand. Uh, yeah. Twenty-five. We'll take it. Twenty-five is fine. Yeah, it's, it's done. <laughs> okay. You guys wouldn't last a day in Jux. Uh, we've lasted more than one day in Jux, <laughs> the, actually. Yeah, this because you had <gasps> me around. The military gnome snaps his fingers, and an aide runs over with a briefcase. Uh, which he opens to reveal platinum ingots. Oh, it's not even coined. We can't use this. Shut up, Desmond. <laughs> platinum, platinum spends anyway. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use some of that money and buy a uh, coin making machine, and it's gonna have my face on it instead. A mint. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy a mint, and it's gonna have, it's gonna be a Desmond coin. The, the general, mint. the general it's only says, only gonna be worth something to you. The general says, these ingots are considered good currency at any bank in Hopstonopolis. They would be happy to exchange them for coinage. Excellent. But we should get commemorative Teliferous coins, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're 0.999% platinum. Yeah. We need to do, no, what we need to do is make Teliferous coins. Then stalk a true church guy and flick one at him. <laughs> then disappear into the crowd. <laughs> give him uh give him a little like, oh yeah, we're coming for you next, and then just vanish and then never talk to him again. As long just, as the flip just, side can be. Just dead, like what they did to us. I lived down and sticking his tongue out. <laughs> um God. Right. So we make the trade. Yeah. A whole bunch the the rest of that afternoon is dedicated to gnomes removing sapphires from the hold of the Teliferas. As for shopping lists, let me take a look here. Um, you're not going to be able to find any, like, named artifacts in Hopstonopolis. Not even the gun of shooting? Not even the gun <laughs> of shooting. Um, Damn. You definitely, like... They do have Nomengard grenades. They're expensive. It's a thousand yeah. gold per grenade. Yeah. Oof. Um, Rock, I don't know if we've ever fought something worth a thousand gold. You don't think Ravenwood's worth a grenade? No, honestly, he's not even worth my magic. I'm just gonna punch him to death. Uh, <laughs> Rock just sort of perks his head at that, and he's like. <laughs> What? He's not even worth my claws. He only gets my fist. Oh, God damn. You have like a zero in strength. Yeah. Don't you? That's how you're you're like I think negative. Your arm strikes do one damage each. That's it. It's gonna be a long process. 
<laughs> you killing me, Smalls. Um, it's gonna uh, be visceral. Let's see. Most of the <laughs> most of the like rings on this list are available. Maybe not the ring of shooting stars, but you could definitely get a ring of the ram, a ring of what resistance. What about a ring of shooting bullets? No. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle. All right, all right. Any gun that you find is not going to be charisma based. In... I know. <laughs> it's not for me. It's for Leyland. Um. Let's see. Yeah, none of the tomes are going to be there. Yeah. It's a cloak of protection you could get for sure. Uh, ring of spell storing, sure. Uh, Ched, if you want a staff, um, you'll have to get one. Like custom produced, oh. So that would take up a, a bit of time. Um, rings are generally going to come in at a thousand gold for uncommon ones or twenty five hundred for rare rings. Okay. Uh, Terrajux, you could commission a broom of flying. I or whatever the gnomish equivalent is. I don't know if it would be. Like you the, want an ornithopter, just say a it. Roomba or because <laughs> they wouldn't have brooms, they would have Roombas. Uh, gnomes would probably make winged shoes. Oh, yeah, and I they... just, the, the broom is like permaflight, yes, just better. I feel like it would make like some kind of anti grav. Um, if we wanted to hire, like, a gnomish engineer for a year, how much gold would that be? Ooh, I forgot to ask about that. Uh, so, making some inquiries, uh, standard, like, what's considered a living wage in Hopsinopolis is, uh, 100 gold a month. So, 1,200 gold a year. Yep. Okay. I'm assuming we have to give vacation time and... Stuff. Well, is health insurance required? Because he'd be, he'd be, or he or she would be leaving Hobstonopolis. And also hazard pay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, probably. So, okay. Looking for gnomish labor, you have two options. You can mass hire a bunch of like unskilled interns fresh out of Hobstonopolis University. Oh no. For cheap. Yes. No. Or no. you can hire no. specialists. Who can you are imagine to... their failure rate? Like, just saying. <laughs> In like, the Deliverous. Who are going yeah. to cost significantly more, but are more specialized, and you can, you know, select ones with skills that are useful to you. Yeah, and I think, like, if we were going to get unskilled interns, we could just pick those up in Jux. <laughs> Yeah, they they would. Yeah, cost. they'd probably be less disastrous <laughs> to Teliferous. Or three ship, fly the world. Yeah, really though, like you dreams. should play up. Like, hey, adventure! Have you ever wanted to see what's beyond Hopstonopolis? Daily brushes with death. Join, join Teliferous. See the ends of the world. Possibility of getting captured by cults is not, not covered. We're not liable. <laughs> Zero amount. <laughs> like we're we're not liable for that. So, um, how much integration? have not liable. a staff of the woodlands created then, Joe? Staff of the woodlands? Let's take a look at what it can do. I don't remember if it's rare or... It's rare. Very you rare. Would, you okay. would probably so have to 25? spend about 3,000 to get one made. Okay. Okay. Then I will do that. <clears throat> and I will buy a ring of spell storing. Okay. 
So that's that's my entire share from the sapphires. Leolin, your shopping list is both very easy to find and cheap. Okay, well then my biggest <laughs> my biggest thing is I really want uh, I want to get one of the other attachments to the crossbow then. So you are in Hobstonopolis, a city full of mad scientists and crazy engineers. If you have the cash and you find somebody with the special uh, specialization, you could have pretty much anything you want produced for your crossbow. That's exciting. You could an get an underbarrel <laughs> shotgun. I was going to say an <laughs> underbarrel grenade launcher. Oh my god. Speaking of grenade launchers though, what about this this Mizium mortar no. thing that I found? On... Okay. <laughs> All right. I just I got to ask, right? <laughs> You're not ready for that. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I want to spend the afternoon yelling at a gnomish engineer about a portable fortress and how it can can so, can't be done. Desmond, you have a side quest here where you go like every day you go to a handful of different engineers, enchanters, stonemasons raving about a portable fortress and they're all like the portable fortress is a myth. Nobody's ever yeah. successfully can't produced one. Nobody's ever no. seen it. Can't be done. No. <laughs> the last totally time somebody tried to make one, they imploded their house. We were cleaning up debris from the future for two weeks. <laughs> yep. I leave unsatisfied, but that's okay. Yes. Um, Leyland, if at some point you want to discuss crossbow attachments, we can we can go over that off the air. I I, I think I know what what I want. What do you want? I, I want a volley launcher. A volley launcher. Yeah, that can be yes. that can be done. Um, parts on the mechanism uh, will probably cost twenty five hundred gold, and you'll have to leave the crossbow with the gnome that is designing it so that he can make sure it fits properly. That's fine. And then I, uh, secondary to all the magic item stuff, I need to consult like a gnomish guild of cryptography. Uh huh. Because I would like to get their insight on if they had to theoretically, let's say, crack a cipher that existed only in the brains of certain individuals. Oh, yeah as a rolling, constantly shifting uh, encoding scheme, how they would do so. And if I could commission or uh, spearhead the development of some sort of uh, device or hacking knife that could uh, withdraw this codex from the brain or the thoughts of a being. <clears throat> so you arrive after making several inquiries at the Department of Gnomish Intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and there you encounter a very enthusiastic uh, codebreaker whose name I do not have prepared at the moment, so we'll just skip on over that. Chippy. Um, he goes by. He, he actually goes by the professional title XX Dark Whisper XX. She goes by the title of Slicer. <laughs> All right, that's cool. Um, and she is like, well, 
That would be a very tricky thing indeed, especially without any sort of reference material to work from. I don't know. Essentially, you're asking us to solve a puzzle without giving us any of the pieces and telling us that a picture exists, but it's in somebody else's mind and inaccessible. Well, we have results from that encoding. Hmm. But we don't have anyone currently with that codex in their heads with us. That would be a place to start if we had... Do you have anything in the... Um recorder well we have physical copies of some of their encoded ledgers we do yes um do we know what the subject matter is in the ledgers no these are the ones from like anything which this was from one of their fortresses or hideouts arclay yeah from Arclay. yeah this would this would have been the ledgers from arclay okay so no, we don't really. My guess is it's probably like names of people taken or dark experiments being done. Um, which, I mean, yeah, obviously we would have to make sure that we trust any people working on this so they don't crack the code and be like, hmm, it breaks this their is mind. interesting. <laughs> Blueberry pie. Uh, but Slicer is like, if you were to lend us an example of their encoded material, we might be able to start working on cracking it, but it would take probably quite a lot of time and divert some resources. Hmm. It's tricky. We'd have to consult with probably the diviners. She, she like, trails off and is, yeah. like, working on the thought puzzle. I'll discuss this with my team if you think you could have a rough quote ready for us in a few days' time. Absolutely. And um, a few days later, indeed, a, a runner arrives at Teliferous. This one is like, you actually you don't even see the runner. One day a note appears. <laughs> uh, it's very fancy. Um, and you flip it over and it just has uh, 5,000 gold and then the letter S. A dead <laughs> drop location? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. These people can be trusted implicitly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll drop oh, 5,000, though. That's a lot. I, I, I can put a fair amount towards it. Okay. It's, I mean, I don't know. How much would the rapiers and uh, flaming arrows cost? Rapiers yeah. are, like, less than a gold piece. Dirt cheap. Really? If you want yeah, to enchanted rapiers, that's okay. Then expensive. yes, I want plus one rapiers. Those would come out to about fifteen hundred each. Oh, total or each? Each. Oh, well, that would. They well, that would. I would still be okay. Explosive arrows. You can probably buy like fifty for a hundred gold. Okay. Well, I can still. I can still at least lend at least a thousand for the. Uh, Okay. For the cipher, so. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to pay Slicer. It's just a matter of how much comes out of my fund versus if anyone else is interested in pitching in. Because I think this code breaking, one, it's going to be useful for us. Two, if we give this info to the iconoclasts, they're going to love us. Well, we can tell the information. But I was about to say, well, we can yeah. recoup our losses right Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we, so we take this information to Maravaggio and be like, hey, how much do you want for 
a translation schema for true church documents. That's big money right there. I imagine Mario Baggio would get a giant boner if he could. Well, yeah, exactly. So he pays us 30000 and then sells it to his boss for 60000 who sells it to the Iconoclast for 100000 Everybody wins. Yeah. I see no downside. <laughs> I see none whatsoever. Um, all right, so Leyland's pitching in 1000 Anyone else want to contribute to the Make Us Rich investment fund? <laughs> I just subtracted everything. I, I can give fifteen hundred. So it would also make the true church unhappy, which I know we all have a vested interest in. So I gave fifteen hundred. Oh, very generous. Um. Uh, so yeah, I can give the last two thousand five hundred then. Excellent. Um, and I I leave a unmarked envelope under a sewer grate at the stroke of midnight uh, and then I sit on a nearby bench and I sip a cup of tea with three fingers not two uh, so you're, you're watching the dead drop location and uh, there's a sudden I'm going to stalk you during this as well <laughs> I, have, I, have the, I have the hunter's mark on you there's a sudden crack, crack of thunder and a gust of wind and you like turn around to to embrace the wind. You turn back a second later, and the the envelope is gone. Mm, strange weather we're having this evening. Uh, take a sip. <laughs> yes, this is Leyland from directly behind. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leyland, are you out here looking for the Night Stalker too? Uh, who? Haven't you heard? <laughs> it's the latest sensation. <laughs> And I, I show him my official um, Night Stalker merch. I met the Night Stalker and Live t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And no, it just says the Night Stalker lives, and it's just a blurry silhouette. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, we should add that to our merch store that totally exists. <laughs> I went to Hopstonopolis, and all I got was becoming a cryptid. <laughs> Uh, right, so if nobody else has any pressing business, there's one last thing I would like to address before we wrap up recording here. Before the dramatic cutscene, I do need to get like dimensional shackles and stuff. Yeah, dimensional shackles, universal solvent, yeah. those are all available yeah. at the Just... prices previously listed. Yeah. Winged shoes will be more expensive. How much more expensive? Uh, they'll probably run you 4K. Yeah, I can do 4K. Oh, okay. All right. And then uh, previously listed, so that was, uh, I what forgot. Did, what did I say for the rings? It was a thousand. Uh, it was a thousand for rare. uncommon and twenty five hundred for rare. Yes. I think the um, like stuff like universal solvent and sovereign glue glue that is isn't that technically legendary? Are they? I think they're classified as legendary items, which I always found weird. It is. Universal Solvent is legendary. How about that? Yeah. Which is why I wanted to ask about price, because it's like, if it's going to be 10,000 gold for a one-time use vial of acid, eh. Um, probably 5k. It's, if it's legendary. 5k. It, That's too rich for my blood. Do you ever 
Concentrate on spells, Parajex. Uh, once in a while. I mean, like, Storm because Sphere. you yourself could purchase a ring of um, spell storing, and I could store spells in your ring, and you could cast them. Yeah, like, that'd be you fun. You could cast them yourself. Like, that could be. I'd if be you ever wanted a bark skin or a last minute heal, something like that. <laughs> yeah, like some interesting contingency spells. Stuff that you you yourself don't have access to. Right. Similarly, if we had more than one ring of spell storing, we could also put Featherfall in them. Or um, fly. Oh yeah, or fly. That's a much better spell to put in a spell storing <laughs> ring. Um, I, like, so originally, that's why I was looking at the um, Amulet of Health is a bump to my constitution score for being able to make those saving throws. Gee. But, um, I, I think I'll pass on the, the solvent then, because that's, uh, that's a spicy price tag. So that'll just be the shackles and the shoes. And then, Joe, I, I meant explosive arrows. Flame arrow is a spell. Yeah, explosive no, no, I, I, I knew you meant explosive arrows. Okay. Okay. Um, so the last thing that we'll do here before wrapping up is uh, after a few days, you are called to Applejack Crumbledown's office in the patent office, um, which uh, when you go, assuming that you do go, I can't imagine you wouldn't, um, it's, uh, it's kind of cramped. It's covered in diagrams of what look like farm irrigation systems. Um, and he's sitting there practically buried under a pile of paperwork. And he says, come in, come in. I just wanted to let you know that we've gotten reports back from our scientists over in Jux that were trying to convince the emperor and his team that Elemental power sources are unsustainable and, in fact, wrong. Uh, they don't care. According to the reports, the Emperor seemed fairly amenable to their ideas and requested uh, investigations be made, but the military teams in, tar in charge of the Valor of Jux uh, provided a number of reasons about manpower and cost and resource management and they already have an airship built and it would be tremendously wasteful and expensive to dismantle it over a power source that uh, as far as they know is you know perfectly safe and um, no, how do we know that we can trust these gnomes results <laughs> Humane. well I could have told you that result there's no way you're going to wrestle one of Ravenswood toys away from him once he's got it so in light of this, we've sent a message back to activate our uh, industrial espionage team yes. located in Jux, oh. and we will be searching out uh, possible blueprints, reports of how the, how the machine is put together, how it works, exactly what their power source is doing, things that we can use to see what we're actually dealing with. Can you find out where it's built? I imagine that will come in the course of time, assuming the team does its job properly. Well, please let us know if there's anything we can contribute. To your grand sabotage. <laughs> there's, we're not uh, going to be doing a... any sabotage just yet. Well, 
If you need anything, you know who to call. Indeed, and I will let you know as soon as we have any results. It might take a little while. The messages take some time to travel from the continent that you are on to our fair city. Well, if you ever need to send messages, we can also do that. He <laughs> frowns. says, you do know that sending messages are extremely easy to tap into, correct? I, uh, I mean, yeah, but so is everything else. A moderate background in divination can easily listen in and possibly with skill determine where the sender and recipient are. Um. Hmm. Fancy that. <laughs> Sounds like a nice little carrot to dangle. And I look over at Fall Rock and I go, so, making any phone calls lately? No. Good. Let's not. <laughs> not since we left. Well, that last call that I made was on the continent. And on top Excellent. of that, we've had our scrying shields in place the entire time. Yes. But good to know. Very good to know. All right. Well, um, yeah. Keep us posted. Uh, absolutely. Uh, thank you for coming to see me. I hope you're yeah, enjoying very your stay in Hopstonopolis. Your city is a marvel. It is. <laughs> and that's where we'll stop for today uh this i apologize if this episode isn't really your cup of tea but it's been a while since the party has had a chance to you know sit and do anything that yeah, we've isn't... been chased out of every city we've been in for like the last months yes um and there will probably be some other minor housekeeping stuff that we're going to do off mic like finalizing purchases for people that are haven't decided what they want yet but Rest assured, next episode will be more action-packed and exciting than this one. Um, and if you do like these sorts of behind-the-scenes things or hearing about the mechanics of the campaign, great. Write in to let us know. Uh, with that, I am Joe, your host and dungeon master for this exciting D&D adventure. Exciting, again in air quotes. Uh, if you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, give us a listen, leave us a review, say something nice, tell your friends. Uh, our Twitter handle is at alchemist underscore club, and our intrepid shoppers and movers and shakers today were... Daniel playing Chet Fleek. Cahill, playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin, the menace night stalker of Hopsnopolis. I'm Waffle, and I play Tarajux. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>